Welcome to the Nourished Souls Podcast. Your coaches, Jasmine and Michaela, are passionate about helping you on your journey to living a healthier and happier life through mind, body, and soul. Today, Jasmine and I have a beautiful guest. Her name is Nafsika, and she and I had actually connected on Instagram through the grace of social media, same as I had met Jasmine. And getting to talk to Nafsika and learning about her past, I really wanted to bring her on to the podcast today. Um, she is, she was a, would you say professional bodybuilder? Like beginner. Beginner. Okay. So a beginner bodybuilder. So she was in that scene for a little while and then she actually turned to binge eating. So today we're here to kind of talk about bodybuilding and binge eating and just your health and happiness through the body and the mind and also the spirit. So thank you, Nasika, for being here today with us. We're so excited to have you. Yes. Thank you. I'm excited. Thanks, ladies. I'm happy to be here. All right. I guess let's just dive into it. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into bodybuilding in the first place? Yes. So I had always been an athlete in high school and in college. I had run track and cross country just to have something to do after school, honestly, and to stay in shape while eating whatever I wanted. I was like, yeah, I'll just like run for fun. Sure. And having that community. And I did that when I was in college as well, just like running and exercising and working out. And I watched one of my really close friends in college actually do a bodybuilding competition. And I watched her train and I watched her transform her body and really have like that structure, that routine, that discipline and be able to just see the miracle of the human body and like what we're capable of. And so I went to her bodybuilding competition and I saw her like walk the stage with like her tan and her jewelry and her heels and her bikini. And I was like, Oh my God, that looks so fun. Like I want to do that. You look amazing. You're having so much fun. Like I would love to do that. So she was like, Oh my God, let's do it. So that was my sophomore year of college. I watched her do that. And then my junior year, I decided that I want wanted to go through that journey and through that path. Little did I know, no one ever really talks about the other side of bodybuilding with how difficult it is physically and mentally on your body, depending on the way that you train and the way that you are performing. And my friend and I didn't really have any experience in bodybuilding or nutrition or health or anything. We just kind of like were flying by the seat of our pants and figuring it out along the way. So we didn't really have any professional support, but we were just figuring it out. And it was just something that I wanted to complete. It was something that I was, Oh, I want to say that I've done that. I want to be able to transform my body in that way. And so I did, I did like a 16 week bodybuilding prep, um, in order to get my body to where I needed to be. And there was, it was fun. Like it was definitely challenging, but having that routine and the consistency and the structure and the discipline, like also felt safe because I knew what I was going to be doing every single day and, and everything was already planned out for me by my friends. I didn't really have to think about anything. Um, and I thought I was going to do really well in the competition. It's hard with bodybuilding 
building because it's very subjective. So the coach, the, the, the people who are, um, what's it called? The judges, they are just very subjective on as to what they're looking for, for you to place and to win quote unquote. And so I ended up not placing. I went to a big show in New York from Boston and I ended up not placing, but I was still really proud of myself and where I had come from um, and just transforming my body in that way. There definitely was some disappointment, but um, throughout my throughout my bodybuilding like that experience those 16 weeks I had noticed some like obsession with food and some like desire to want to overeat or desire to want to eat unhealthy things that weren't on the plan but it didn't really get out of control until after I finished the competition wow do you think it was because you had those guidelines and then once you finished the competition, it was like free for all. Do you think it was one, one of those things? Yeah, that's a really, exactly. You're spot on Jasmine. And, and I've talked to a lot of other women and men who have done bodybuilding competitions. And it's a pretty common thing to have that like extreme afterwards where you're just kind of like pigging out or binging or overeating because even from a brain perspective, like your brain is now in survival mode where it's like, oh my God, I can eat however much I want. So let me just like eat as much as I can. And it's different for everyone for sure. But that's a, for sure a common occurrence with a lot, with a lot of people. That's wild. It, it kind of reminds me of like that cheat meal, but it just never ends. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. So with that, what made you decide to be like, you know what? I've got to overcome this. Like, was there a pivotal point where you're like, okay, this is getting out of control? Yeah. And there's like, what I definitely want to share on here with you guys and your listeners today is there's a difference between like just overeating and kind of like indulging and having a cheat meal gone wild and like binge eating. Like when I was sharing with other people, like, I, I essentially was like a closet binge eater for like six months to a year before I even told anyone. And what that looked like for me, it was an extreme, like where I would like go to it. Like I'd either order a ton of food in and like eat upwards of like 5,000 calories. Like I wasn't counting, but like a huge amount of food. Um, whether that was like pizza and ice cream or Oreos and cookie dough or like literally just like pigging out. I don't want to use that word, but like really just having this excess of food to the extreme. Like so many people when I, and I'm sure that people who have struggled with that, when you share with other people, they're like, Oh, you know, like everybody does that. Like everybody over indeed overindulges, everybody overeats. Like everybody sits in front of the TV and like eats a whole bag of chips. And like, I would have to explain to people like, no, like this is something that is out of control where it's like, you feel like a zombie. You feel like somebody is like taking over your body and you're just like, eating and eating and eating and like your stomach is like an endless pit and you can just eat so much food on. Um, and that was something that I like had to explain to people, to like therapists on um, as far as like 
I just remember like every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like that was the last time. And then like, I'd starve myself throughout the whole day because I would be so full from the night before. And then the next night would come and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to like go buy all this food again and eat it or like order food and eat it to like the extreme. And one day I just like, I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm done. Like it was like a moment of clarity where I just like Googled therapists that had experience in eating disorders and like called somebody and booked an appointment like just because like nothing had even happened it was just like one moment that was like the breaking point and that started my years of like work and personal development and the spirituality piece and the therapy and and all of that that's where that really started wow well i want to say thank you for sharing that uh it's super it's powerful. It resonates with me for a little bit. I was like not trying not to get emotional because, you know, that's something that I've experienced in my early 20s. And it's just, I applaud you for being open and honest. I really do. So thank you. And as far as the spiritual journey, I'm curious to know, what did you learn? And I know with the spiritual journey, we're always learning things, but what was things that you learned where you were like, oh, I didn't even know that that was really going on with who I am. Whoa. Mm -hmm. There's so many layers to that. And I think one of the first things is like the relationship with myself, because like through that, through that journey of like personal development and spirituality, like learning the relationship with, with myself and how to really honor myself and take care of myself where I didn't need food because so often, like whether it's just overeating or emotional eating or whether it's like a full on binge, we're, we're trying to like cope with something, right? We're trying to cope with something. We're trying to either stuff down emotions or numb ourselves or make ourselves feel better. There's some, there's something that that action is giving us. Like there's some positive benefit that that action is giving us. So through the spiritual journey, really learning like, okay, how can I give myself that positive benefit without the food? Like where, where else can I support myself where the food is like an instant, right? The food's like instant gratification. And then I feel super guilty afterwards, or then like you're gaining weight or over exercising or under eating to try and like offset the negative impacts of that. And when I could really learn like, okay, what, what is my, what does my soul really need right now? Like what, what do I really need as like Nafsika as like a a human being that, that food isn't going to give me having that distinction and taking that pause is so hard but also that like that that piece right there where it's it's hard in the moment and then it's like oh okay like I can make a different choice versus turning to the food yeah that's a huge thing and through all that can you give us an example of how you were kind of with the alignment of the body and the mind and the spirit, like when you were in that bodybuilding stage after, and then even now. Mm, Yeah. So in the, that's a really good question. In the bodybuilding stage, I mean, I had no, I had no relationship with my, with myself. Like it was literally just like 
this is my end goal. This is the date of my bodybuilding competition. This is how I want to look. This is the number on the scale. This is how many calories I can eat. These are my workouts. It was very like, this is why I'm doing this. And this is where I'm going. It wasn't like, how do I feel today? What does my body want? What does my soul want? What is like, what do I want? It was like, this is the end goal. This is where I'm going. Like that tunnel vision and, and shutting off like the emotional pieces or like, most, a lot of women, myself included through competitions like that, or just dieting in an extreme, like we can lose our period. Like those things, like our, our body, like as females, like what our body, like the way it's supposed to be performing isn't actually happening because we're not fueling ourselves or giving our bodies what we need or resting the way that we need or whatnot. So there was no like it was just body. There was no like mind. There was no soul. There was no integration to that. And then afterwards and like the couple years after my bodybuilding competition, when I really like, I went to therapy and then I hired like a binge eating coach and then I hired another binge eating coach. And then I was reading books and listening to podcasts and doing like my own personal development. So there was like some specific coaching in that, some therapy, and then some like personal work that I was doing too kind of combined. I was just trying to like figure it out and see what was going to land. And so there was a little bit of like, definitely the, the mind, the body and the spirit in there for sure. Um, a little bit of everything, but it's nothing ever really like click. Like it didn't really click. Like for me, traditional therapy, just like made it worse to be honest for me because it was like diving into my past and like my childhood and like bringing up all this stuff again that I had to go through and I was like ah, this isn't really serving a purpose to me right now like even if it's related um she had told me that it was going to take a long time to overcome and so when I heard that, I was like, oh, it's an excuse to just keep binging. It's an excuse to like keep going through this because it's going to take a long time. So I might as well do it. Like our brains are so smart to like trick us into, into holding on to those habits and, and holding on to what makes us feel comfortable that I like use that as, as a way to do that. Um, and then just like learning more about myself and like, really like being in relationship with myself and like having that alone time and knowing what to do during that alone time instead of eating and watching TV. Like there was a lot of like, that's where the spirituality came in with like meditation and reading and journaling and like using those tools to, to support myself. And then really, I mean, now from that connection of like body, mind, and spirit, it's a little bit of everything. And it's really like what I found is when I live in alignment and I'm like authentically myself, there's no space for the binging. Like when I'm like feeling really good in my routine and feeling really good in the way that I move my body and the way that I'm eating and what I'm doing for my career and my relationships. Like when all those pieces of the puzzle, when I'm really like taking care of all of those things, then like, I'm like, Oh, there, there was no need for that coping mechanism. There's no need, there's no space for it really. Um, so kind of ha really focusing on all three of those things. I love that. And that's what, Jasmine and I are all about is the body, the mind, and the spirit. So really just hitting the nail on top of the head with that one. Um, 
I have one more question, but Jasmine, if you want to go ahead, if you had something to say. No, I was just going to say, I absolutely love what you said. Um, that's a quote I'm going to like remember, and that might turn to my mantra for the day, but when you're fully aligned with who you are, mind, body, and spirit, there's no room to focus on those, you know, those negative habits that we have on a day-to-day -day basis or that we're letting go. So I absolutely love that. That is one of the hugest tech takeaways from this podcast already. This is I love that. And kind of going back to what you said about um, coping mechanism, but then something also caught my attention kind of a little bit earlier when you were saying you weren't happy with a certain progress um, kind of in the bodybuilding stage. Do you think that there was kind of a correlation of like the binging being a coping mechanism, but then also kind of a punishment saying, okay, maybe I didn't make, you know, my certain weight or I didn't win or I didn't make the cut. So you know, subconsciously, I'm going to punish myself and just eat. But in the forefront, I'm going to say that, okay, this is just how I'm coping with this all right now. For sure. For sure. For sure. I love that you caught that. Yeah. And I didn't mention that. And you're literally such good listening behind the scenes. Like there that also like self-sabotage, right? So like the, the fact of like, oh my God, even though I didn't win, I've gotten my body to a place where she's never been before. And instead of like celebrating that and being like, wow, like I did something for 16 weeks. I got on stage. I got out of my comfort zone. Like I practice posing and I practice smiling and I like practice all these things that most people don't do instead of focusing on like the positives and all the things that I did. Yeah. I for sure focused on like I thought I was going to win. I didn't win that disappointment, right? Like I came in ninth place out of like 12 girls when I thought I was going to place top three, right? So that, that disappointment for sure. Um, and, and really like having that almost like, yeah, like you mentioned, like the punishment or the, the self-sabotage of being like, well, you know what? Like screw it. Like, cool. You know what? Like that's over. Screw that. I didn't, I didn't get to where I wanted to be. So I might as well just like go all out with food and just enjoy that and, and really spin it that way for sure. Gotcha. And do you think like when you went, so when you started bodybuilding, was it, you saw your friend and just jumped right in? So then like 16 weeks after, is that when you went to the competition or was there a little bit more time in between there? So there was more time. So she did her competition, like as far as timeline goes, she had done her competition like in May of like 2013, let's say, I don't remember the exact year, but she had done her competition in May. And then I started training for mine in January. So between May and January of that year, I was just, I started lifting. I never like lifted weights before. Like I had gone to the gym and like done cardio and I had done a lot of running and like exercise classes, but I had never done like a weight routine where it was like this day you do arms, this day you do legs, this day you do back, like having that kind of structure. So I started putting on lean muscle and I started like bulking up like a lot of people in like bodybuilding will like do like a bulk beforehand to put on lean muscle where they're eating more and then they have that muscle mass and then like in January was when I had started like cutting and doing more cardio like doing more of the diet type of things with like restriction and and following more of like a plan with nutrition from like January to April and then April was when my competition was okay and do you think like your mental preparation, like, was there any 
mental preparation in there or was it just more of okay I know that I need to reach these goals so this is what my workout's gonna look like this is what my meal is gonna look like and that was pretty much it there was no mental I'm like smiling because there was no mental preparation and like I wish like I wish if I knew what I knew now like I think you know, I could do a body, but like, if I really was like, I want to do a bodybuilding competition again, like, I really think like, I know that I could do it because I have the mental preparation now, but like I was 20 years old and had knew nothing about personal development, nothing about spirituality. Like I grew up in Boston, like my family didn't do, didn't read personal development books or like know anything about that or about meditation or anything at all. Um, and I actually started learning more about that, like a couple years after even my bodybuilding competition uh, of learning about that. So there was no mental preparation. And like, also what I was thinking about while you were asking that question is like the, the body dysmorphia that came with transforming my body that quickly without mental preparation, because, I have pictures of like being on stage and taking pictures of myself in the mirror to like track my progress. And like, I looked amazing and I had no idea that I looked that way. Like my clothes would get bigger and I had to like keep going down in size. And I was so unattached to the reality. I was just like, yeah, whatever. Like, this is just the expectation, but I wasn't celebrating. I wasn't upset. Like there was no, like for 16 weeks, it was like, I was a robot. There was like no emotion or mental thought process behind it. It was like, just go through the motions, hit the next checkpoint, hit the next thing, you know, do the next workout, whatever that was. That's wild. And I have a question in that realm. Do people usually prepare themselves mentally for that? Or do most people just go into it? Because that's something that's really important. Especially my question too. (laughs) And I, I don't know the answer to that, but like Michaela, you bring up such a good point. I think that having that mental for sure, like having that mental preparation and like, there's a lot of people who will hire like a coach that will do their meal prepping and that will do their workouts and kind of lay that through with them and do like a weekly checkpoint where you send in progress photos and they, they see what your body is doing and how you're changing and you give them your weight, give them your measurements, all of that. But I have never heard of anyone like having a coach that's doing the mental preparation of like what to expect, where your mind's going to go, what to do after the competition mentally. Like there's a lot of people who will do like reverse dieting. So they'll like start slowly adding in more calories and start slowly eating more after the competition. So they don't go from one extreme to the other. So there's definitely like that kind of post competition prep like afterwards where you're kind of taking those next steps but I've never heard of anyone really having that mental preparation or having a coach that's doing that mental preparation and there's definitely a need for it wow I like that's my that's a really good question my mind is just blown from that because and honestly you don't really even think about it because it is bodybuilding so you think of the physical aspect but then comes body dysmorphia and all these things. And you're changing your body in 16 weeks. Like you look like a completely different person. So how does that not affect the psyche? So that's one of the things that I honestly feel like it might be looked over. Oh, I would think so. 
And like while you were there, like in competition, like what was the experience like? Did you talk to other people or was it? Because in my mind, like I always think of the Arnold Classic because like I live in Columbus and it's held here every March and you always see posters and all these different things. So in my mind, I'm just like huge room, different like stages, judges, people in different categories for different things. And in my mind, I feel like you're in kind of your own zone and then you know, you have like your schedule for the day, you kind of prepare, I guess, in whatever way that you would as an individual competition happens, you go up and then it's kind of over with. Yeah, you're spot on. It's a very end of, yeah, like it's a very, end, yeah, I know you got it. Wow, that was total guess. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's super individualistic. Like it's very like, and it's almost like running like track or cross country it's very similar like that was my experience it's not like a team sport so you're going like and you may have a team like there's a lot of coaches that like have a team name right I'm sure you've seen at the Arnold like different people they wear like similar shirts or they have sweatshirts or jackets and like their coach and all of the his clients are like on a team per se but it's not like they're competing together like oh, some of them are competing against each other in the same class um, or they're in different classes, like you mentioned. Yeah, there's different classes as well. So you're not really like interacting with a lot of people. I actually do have one friend while you were talking, I was thinking about it. There's one girl that I'm still connected with after all these years on social media. We talk every couple months. She's amazing. Um, and we became friends because it was both of our first competitions and like I'm super friendly. So I was talking to her backstage and everything and like there's a lot of waiting time and there's a lot of nerves and like anticipation. Um, and you're trying to like plan out your meals and how you're going to eat that day. Like there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes to the day of that so that you are ready to go on stage and look your best and have that like optimal level. But yeah, you're not really, it's competitive. Like you're, you're there to, to win essentially, right? You're there to like place and get a trophy and go on to the next thing. Or you're just kind of there for fun. Like some people just do it just to do it. But if you're at like a bigger show, there's definitely some more competition as well. So you're not really talking to the other competitors. Like your coach is there, you're talking to them and you're just kind of like in the zone, listening to music, getting ready to go on stage. That's so interesting to me. I mean, I've never done anything like that. And I played sports as a kid, but it was like volleyball and softball. And of course that was team, but it was so different because, you know, just the age too. But in my mind, like I know like the pre-game or pre-competition nerves or jitters or anxiety. I wonder if, you know, like we've talked about before, having that mental preparation, if that would almost ease some of it, but then in turn ease maybe a loss or, something that maybe you might consider a loss, you know, it might not be, you blew the whole competition, but maybe you weren't at the right weight or, you know, your tan wasn't right or, you know, something simple like that. But, and again, you know, every person is different in how they react, but maybe that could almost prevent kind of a strong word, but maybe, you know, prevent some kind of, um, you know, maybe eating disorder after like the binging to help better control, you know, you as a person and kind of having that loss 
or like the end of a competition or, you know, whatever it might be that kind of, you know, might trigger someone into a spiral like that. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also really important because it, it seems like you have this one idea of success. And if that one idea is not fulfilled, then it hits the fan. And it's like, no, there are other avenues. You know, you could see like, you know, I'm, my body's amazing. I'm able to transform in this way, or I have this opportunity. But when you don't meet that one thing, it's just all hell breaks loose in your mindset. And I yeah. think it's, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that's, I'm just agreeing. Yeah. Okay. Um, another point. I think a lot of people make the assumption that athletes in any way, shape or form, they're almost quote unquote perfect or like super healthy. And I think your story is a perfect example of how that's not true. Mm-hmm. Just because you're physically, you know, your physique is quote unquote perfect. I mean, just like you had said, you know, your mental was out the window. I mean, you didn't check in on yourself. And I think a lot of people sit back and, you know, see the athlete, they're like, yeah, they're perfect. They know what to do. Of course they look that way, but really it's like, okay, like peek behind the curtain. There's a whole lot more to that. Yeah. And like the mental set, it's so spot on. And, and what, top performance like athletes or bodybuilders or anybody who's like playing at that level or, or anyone whose body looks that way. Most people besides it, like being genetic or being something where their body is just that way. There's so much sacrifice that goes along with that. And there's so, so much of like a lifestyle that goes along that or like I was thinking about my next meal or I was thinking about my next workout every minute of the day like it takes up so much of your mental space as well so um not not seeing like you mentioned not seeing the behind the scenes or what goes into it so many people are like oh yeah like they look amazing or yeah they're a top performance athlete like they're winning all these sports or winning all these championships or anything but seeing like the sacrifice like you said pulling back the curtain seeing what's behind that and like what you're giving up or the way that you have to live your life in order to have that like it's good and bad right there's pros and cons to it for sure but no one yeah no one really talks about like what that looks like a day in the life or maybe they do talk about it but it's like glorified and they're not talking about you know the ugly truths they're not talking about like you know, go, you can't go out to eat with your family members or, you know, you can't have a drink. Like it was my 21st birthday and I didn't have a drink. Like I had like a diet Coke. Right. And so like missing out on those things as well. And like family gatherings or whatever it is in those like life moments, um, or like having to go do a workout twice a day or like weigh yourself first thing in the morning, like completely naked before you've drank any water after you've gone to the bathroom. Like those things people don't talk about, like those, those little things that you're doing every single day or what that really looks like. Um, and then it just makes it real so that you can see like what actually that person is going through. Right. And that's a lot. Cause I know in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of listeners, it's, you see these, bodybuilding competitions and your mind goes to okay well they kind of let's say restrict like foods like I mean I'm not sure what your foods were but I've heard of people just like here's a plain piece of chicken 
plain broth like there's nothing like no seasonings it's just like bland so you're kind of restricting on the foods that you love but then you're also restricting on life experiences like you said like you had like your 21st birthday you weren't even allowed to go celebrate because of the rules of the competition and that in and of itself is something that I don't think a lot of people think of they just look at the body and say, okay, well, they look perfect. I want that. But you don't realize how much you're giving up on the other side. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a way to have balance. Like if I was to rewind and go back, like, or like I could have had a drink on my 21st birthday and not like gained weight. Right. And not like changed my body and like screwed my results. Like there is definitely a way to like have that balance and really still have those life experiences and enjoy life and transform your body. If you want to, I don't think there's anything wrong with like bodybuilding and, and like transforming your body and having that experience. And I think that having that mental preparation, like you shared and having more balance where like, if you're putting some spices on your chicken, like it's not going to kill you. You know what I mean? If you're having it with some ketchup, like you're going to be fine. And I think like, I wish that I had that outlook and that mentality when I was, when I was prepping because it would have released so much of the restriction and so much of the tension where I would maybe I wouldn't have gone to that extreme of like the binging and and all of that afterwards because I would have been able to have more flexibility and still seen like amazing results I think there's there for sure could have been more balance but sometimes it's easier to just go the one extreme and not have the drinks not have any of the toppings not have any of that stuff because of like being nervous of the unknown of like, Oh, what's going to happen if I do add that in or whatnot, it's easier to just cut everything out versus like adding some of it in and having that balance or having the balance with workouts or social life or whatever that is. And I think there's definitely people who do train for competitions and don't have to like overhaul their entire lives and they're doing it in a really cool way. Yeah. And with like, you know, the bland food, I guess (laughs) you said it's kind of, is it all cut out like in your meal plan, depending on your coach or your trainer, or is it just kind of like, this is the way that bodybuilders do things like no flavorings. I mean, I have no idea with that. Is that the norm. So, yeah, it really depends on the coach. Like everyone does it differently. It depends on the coach. It depends on your body. It depends on like what kind of competition, if you're doing like a bikini competition where you're going to be more lean, or if you're doing more of like a physique competition or like the bodybuilding where you're going to be like having more lean muscle on you and, and being like not as lean. So there's definitely, it, it depends on where you're starting at, how long you have, there's so many different factors that come into it. So everyone's really doing it a different way. And I think choosing a coach that has a lot of experience and having somebody who you trust, who like everyone kind of does it differently. So finding somebody that's a good fit for you is going to have you have that optimal success during and afterwards. So that way, you know, you can ease into normal life, I would say afterwards, but there's so much research out there now. And there's so many different types of coaches now, since when I competed that like, there's so many professionals that could really support somebody going through it versus like just kind of doing it on your own or off the cuff or whatnot. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's really cool. Cause mm-hmm. my mind goes to like the health aspect. And when I hear of plain food, first of all, why <laughs> it's not going to taste that great. <laughs> but second of all, you know, from all those spices, there are so many different health benefits. And I think it's different from using spices in the way that they're supposed to be used versus getting like a store-bought sauce with that's basically corn syrup in it and then pouring it onto your food. Like there's a huge difference within that. But I like how you said there's almost been a growth, like a bigger understanding and it's not a one size fits all thing, just like I think anything else in this world. So that's really cool that there are different coaches and trainers who kind of have their own expertise and like bring it into their clients as well. And I have a quick question going back to the spiritual journey. How does life look for you now? Like how much has life changed? Like mind, body, spirit, mindset, all of that good stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It looks so different for me. I mean, I ended up after my bodybuilding competition a couple years later, I ended up like becoming a spin instructor and just like doing different exercises. I was like, Oh my God, this is so fun. Like I always knew there was pieces of like the fitness and pieces of the exercise and pieces of the nutrition that I really loved. And that I learned to love through the bodybuilding experience that I was like, but it doesn't have to look that way. It doesn't have to look like bodybuilding. It can look however I want it to look. So taking those little pieces and putting them together. So I like ended up becoming a spin instructor and just like, hopping around to different gyms in Boston and then in San Diego when I moved out here and teaching different classes. Like I liked the community aspect. I liked the motivating aspect of exercise. So like taking that, making it my own. And then as far as like the nutrition side of things, I mean, just knowing that like my body's a miracle and like when I feed it with amazing nutrition, like it's going to put on lean muscle. It's going to lose weight. It's going to gain, it's going to do whatever it needs to do. Right. And just like being in tune with that and having that balance and really being unattached to like what I'm putting into my body, but like being conscious of it, but unattached, I think is really, um, an important distinction. And then from the spirituality, I mean, I'm literally still like, I, just fell in love with personal development and like doing emotional intelligence work. There's so many different trainings, like especially being in San Diego, it's such a hub of like spirituality and emotional intelligence and people working on themselves. It's so easy to talk to people about it and share that. So doing like different programs and then um, branching into like entrepreneurship and um, sales and so many different things that I've been able to do where I'm like constantly reading books and like working on myself. Now it's just like fun. It's almost like a hobby where I'm sure you can both relate to. It's like something fun that you just like to do and in in working on ourselves and then really taking that and like implementing it and, and taking action or sharing it just like you ladies are on like, podcasts and coaching and like sharing it with other people is now like what I'm up to. So, um, that's been, it's been a fun journey for sure. I love that. I love it. And I love that you said it's like a fun hobby now because it is. And I remember at the beginning of my journey at first, it was okay. I kind of to force myself to do these things. I know that I need to do them but I need to schedule it in. And now it's very intuitive. Like I, my body, my mind, they guide me towards one thing or another. 
and I'll subconsciously do that one thing or the other. Whereas before it would be more almost mechanical, I would say. But as you get into these things and you learn more about yourself, it becomes interesting. And I think a lot of people look at this and say, oh, just another job I have to do, something else that I have to do for myself, something more that I need to schedule in. But really, it doesn't have to be that way. It can at the very beginning if that's going to help you kind of guide you to where you need to be and get yourself into a routine that works. But after a certain point, it's, and you know, you both can relate. It's you know, like riding a bike. You just get back on and you just do it. I will say the power of alignment, once you get aligned and you figure out what works for you, especially with that personal development, you're not going to want to go back. It's like a, it's like you're always yearning to be the best you can be. So that's why, I mean, that's why we do what we do. Of course, you both can relate, but the power of alignment and knowing what works for you and only for you, it doesn't have to be this one-stop shop of here's the recipe everyone follows and that's how it goes. No, figure out what works for you. I think that would be a really good time. Um, at the end of our podcast, we've been doing three different takeaways and I would love to give the floor to you, Nafsika. And if you have three, any kind, however you want to frame this, but three takeaways for our listeners um, in just loving yourself and living through mind, body, and spirit. Yes. I love that you ladies do that at the end. I would say, um, the first takeaway is community and account and support, like not doing it alone, like, like loving yourself and having the, the path of like mind and body and spirit. Like it doesn't have to be something that you just do by yourself. Um, and, and having other women, having other people who are following that path, it makes it so much easier. Cause like you mentioned, it is hard at the beginning and it can feel like a chore. It can feel like another thing really getting into that and working on yourself. But when you have other people doing it with you or that are supporting you on that, it's a game changer. So that community and support is a big one. Um, second one is like not taking it so seriously. I think like having fun and just making it fun and, um, it can always look different and, and really just having that like fun aspect behind it where it doesn't have to be so serious is something that I love. And then three, a big takeaway, just something that supported me in general through this journey is like focusing on the wins and celebrating myself and like acknowledging myself and being proud of myself, being proud of like the little things like, Oh, I like brush my teeth today. I, you know what I mean? Like I made my bed, like I washed my face at night. Like I did a workout. Um, I connected with the friends. Like I recorded a podcast, like I recorded a podcast. I called my mom, like those little things, like having a journal or somewhere to write it down or type it in your phone or whatnot, like celebrating and acknowledging yourself. Then you get used to it because you start focusing on the celebrations and the acknowledgements. And then I start telling my friends, like, I'm so proud of myself for this thing that I did today. And it could be something so little and silly, but then they're like, oh my God, that's cool. And then they start being proud of themselves. And it's like a ripple effect because 
because the more that you do it, the more that then they want to do it to themselves and to you. And it's, that is such a fun thing as well to practice. So I have a quick question. Where can everyone find you on social media, websites, and things like that? Because you're such a light. Everyone can. <laughs> Your energy is contagious. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, ladies. I love that. Um, yeah, social media. So Instagram is where I'm at. My Instagram handle is my first and last name with an underscore at the end. So super easy to find me. Um, I'm all about Instagram stories and dance parties and all the things. So um, best place to find me. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Well, I want to say thank you because uh, your story resonated with me. I know it's going to resonate with our followers, of course, Michaela. And so I think it's just so much power in being vulnerable and sharing your story. You never know who you're going to inspire and empower. And you're just such a light. So thank you so much. I really mean that. Thank you, ladies, for having me. It's been so fun. Okay. I'm so happy you can make it. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to our channel to be the first to hear our weekly episodes. You can also find us on Instagram at Your Coach Jasmine, at Nourished Soul Coach, and on Facebook in the Nourished Souls community.